to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice pleasure to be back on board once again today. Minnesota Wild did go 2-1, and one, and yeah, we lost to Nashville on the back-to-back. Couldn't even register a goal, but well, at least Minnesota's been, uh, well, <laughs> you know, we're, we're four out of our last five. Not bad. 3 nothing loss in Nashville. That was kind of a bummer. Obviously, it was a pretty even battle throughout the whole weekend. A collegiate type of weekend. Friday and Saturday, a la Golden Gopher Hockey, this and that. So, it was entertaining. It was fun. But the second game, certainly not as enjoyable. Saturday, December the 30th, as we ring in the new year during the course of this episode. Oh, goody. Uh, obviously, no New Year's Eve game. But I guess this had about the <laughs> frustration of a New Year's Eve game. Certainly more energy, though. Minnesota Wild were very notorious for lackluster New Year's Eve games. Uh, last year was a good game, I suppose, with the Columbus Blue Jackets, but things went south, unfortunately, very quickly as Columbus came into play even more than we did, and it was heartbreaking. A strong, solid week for guys like Tyler Ennis, Daniel Winnick, and, of course, Matt Collin, who registered a multi-goal game against Florida. Florida. That was awesome. Yule uh, Erickson X flashed at moments, but, of course, could not add any goals. Did add an assist during the course of the week. Jason Zucker, real quiet. Uh, opportunities that knocked, but didn't, uh, I don't know. They just didn't bring fruit, uh, unfortunately. So that was disappointing. Uh, Charlie Coyle continues to register assists because he continues to he gets shots at net and gets up gives up uh, juicy rebounds and such. Gets the goalie to give up juicy rebounds, so he'll pick up assists. But none of that during the course of uh, the game against Nashville. But again, a game that was very entertaining. The shots on goal very much neck and neck throughout the night. Unfortunately, the power play would bite the Wild during the course of the game. Alex Stalock in net because it was a back-to-back. And Devin Dubnik, you see him really step up during the course of this week as well in his return. But um, really, uh, it was pretty, pretty cool uh, seeing. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty cool overall entertaining game between both of the goalies who continued to shut the other teams down until things dropped off during the course of the game. The Wild getting 29 shots in goal. And, uh, well, unfortunately, again, the power play would bite them later on. P.K. Supan on the power play, rocketing his shot on net. That was frustrating, and, of course, it went in, and it was deflected, and it was a crazy bounce, and, yeah, that was heartbreaking. And that was before Scott, that was after, excuse me, Scott Hartnell. Now, this all happened in the third period after some very entertaining but scoreless hockey in the first two periods. Extremely entertaining, back and forth, chance after chance after chance. Eulerich Zanak even broke loose on one and just could not finish. It was heartbreaking because Saros was spectacular throughout the night. Uh, Hartnell with a wraparound, that opened the scoring, and you just kind of knew, and Coach Bruce Bruce Brudrow just kind of knew also that the first team that scores is probably going to go on to win the game, and it opened the floodgates, kind of, sort of. Arvidsson would add an empty netter, so only two goals accounted towards Alex Stalock, who continues to be just outstanding and dazzling. It was a great matchup between the back uh, between the backup goalies, Soros and and no, not Soros like George Soros. That's a name we don't want to mention too often. Ugh, no, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Soros. Uh, Really stepping up for Nashville, of course, and he's been a good backup for Pekka Rene, especially when Rene struggles on occasion. Dubnik, same thing, when he's really good, but sometimes he struggles, and then now you have Alex Taylock to help out, and it's been a godsend to this team. Unfortunate, man. Unfortunate we didn't have Alex Taylock up with the Wild last year. The Minnesota Wild, that is. There's two Wilds. <laughs> Duh, right? With the Minnesota Wild uh, instead of Darcy Kemper, but it was what it was because you had to pay Darcy Kemper the uh, NHL contract, and last year you could get away with the two-way contract with Alex Taylock. Now it's a one-way contract. So he is an NHL goaltender as of this moment. Uh, penalty, the penalties did bite the Wild, continuing into the game. Hugh uh, Eck with a couple of trippings and such. Um, Matt Dumba with a tripping late in the third period, or actually early in the third period. That's when kind of helped things go from go from disappointing to worse. As obviously that led to PK Supan's goal. Unfortunately, after right after a Hartnell, the veteran, the wily 35-year-old veteran for. Nashville was able to put in his fifth goal of the year, Supon's ninth goal of the year. He's obviously a superstar defenseman for the Nashville Predators, and he's got a rocket like you wouldn't believe. And, of course, he wants everyone to know how excited he is every time he does anything good. So, okay, we'll we'll live with it. Uh, Nashville is now in the series as the Wild are up two games to zero. The series resumes on the 24th of March. That's Paul Caniff's birthday. And just three days later, in, uh, in Nashville, the... Uh, March 24th, Saturday, March 24th, 
is in XL Energy Center. So good, very strong chance the Wild do win this series. And it's nice that they have odd numbers and all that. That's what makes it cool. Uh, the Wild were penalized five times in the game. And of course, the one power play converted by Nashville. Wild had three power play opportunities, did not convert on any of the above is now we ring in the new year and it's a new team man everything is more positive and Zach Parisi's back out on the ice and Matt Cullen is looking better and he's been looking better the past couple of weeks and Tyler Ennis has looked really good the last two two three weeks or so he's just on the ball uh, making some nice moves and it was really entertaining watching him against his former club with Buffalo as well uh, Marcus Foligno stepped up a bit too um, I can't really complain about a whole lot of guys uh, Tyler Ennis and Marcus Foligno guys have been you know, they've drawn the ire of many a Minnesota fan because of that trade that we've talked about a billion times on this show, and you've heard it on, on uh, Matt and Jug's Hockey Adventure and, of course, uh, Beyond the Pond shows like that, the frustrating trades and such. But now, a lot of reason why people did like Tyler Ennis over the years, of course. He was a 50-point, well, upper 40s type of point guy, a skill second-line guy with Buffalo for quite a while there. And I was like, huh, Tyler Ennis, that's kind of cool. But then it's like, oh, right. Yeah, you notice how we've been playing like 20 games and getting like two points or something during the course of those, some of those seasons because of the concussions and all that. Kind of a little bit of, uh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> Pierre-Marc Richard syndrome there. Uh, you had two guys with multi-goals in this game, and finally Charlie Coyle scored on the empty net. But yeah, Coyle had a frustrating night too. He got beat in the face off pretty pretty handily throughout the night. Failed miserably in that category, unfortunately. He's been a good third-line center for the Wild, obviously but got his butt kicked in the face-off throughout the night. Even stalled it as well. Uh, Colin was awesome in that category. And then, yeah, I don't need to talk about face-offs. That's kind of a box score reading. I don't even mean to do that. It's just, you're just looking at the the, the type of night guys had. Coyle, again, adding an empty netter late in the game. A 5-1 to victory for the Wild. As I really didn't even mention that part. Matt Collin, though, off a rebound from uh, Daniel Winnick. It was pretty awesome. You'll see a spectacular goal by Winnick against Buffalo as well. I mean, this guy... It's like he turns into Superman for little stretches, just little spurts, and man, he looks amazing when he does. But uh, this one, of course, rebound. Yeah, uh, uh, Matt Collin got the rebound off of Winnick's shot and just threw that thing in there, just kind of basically swung at it, put it in there, and Collin on the ball there. Kind of a Parisi type of goal, getting close to the net and finishing. And then early in that second period, Matt calling off of a very nice pass from Marcus Foligno, actually. And this one wasn't an accident. Actually, it was a pretty good play. We appreciated it very much. And uh, thank you very much. Foligno also crashing the net. And that's the difference here as well. Foligno, obviously, he's capable of doing that. And he's been doing it. But this one was a really good screen by uh, Marcus Foligno. And it really helped Matt Cullen finish on this one. So Cullen going from two goals to four goals of the season. The fourth line center, of course, from Virginia, Minnesota. Virginia, Minnesota. I love that name, but yeah, it's kind of cool. Obviously, you also hear that uh, he knew Adam Thielen, believe it or not. They lived very close to each other. Uh, Matt Cullen, obviously a lot older than Matt, the uh, Matt Thielen, than, yeah, than, than Adam Thielen of the Minnesota Vikings, who hopefully will get a ring, just like Matt Cullen's got three of them. So hopefully Adam Thielen will be joining in that category, and we could talk about him catching up with Matt Cullen one day in the ring category, but we'll let that uh, go as is. Uh, Gustav Olofsson adding a second assist. He's been playing all week. No Mike Riley the past two weeks, actually. The past two shows, Mike Riley's been scratched, and the Goose has been at the, uh, he's been the third pairing uh, left defenseman with, of course, uh, Nate Proster has been the stabilizer pretty much ever since uh, he started here. He has played in every game, not been scratched, not been hurt, and everyone loves him, and you know what? I'm not complaining. He got crossed up pretty bad by Hubedreau last game, but in this game, we didn't have to worry about that too much. If Florida finally added a goal early in the second period, it was a nice tic-tac-toe goal, so okay, fine. Hubedreau did get his 14th goal this season. Trucek is a star teammate there, and Barkov, that's the top line for Florida. Nice tic-tac-toe skill goal. Getting Florida on the board early in the third period, but unfortunate for them, Devin Dubnik was on his game throughout the night, and the Wild continued to press and dominate, and it was spectacular. The Wild dominated on the shots throughout the game. There were times in the game where the Wild were more than doubling Florida in the shots on goal, and it was just so entertaining. You saw puck possession by the Wild, and it was very enjoyable. Um, Tyler Ennis and Jared Spurgeon both adding assists on Eric Stahl's first goal, but the second one was a really nice, pretty goal, or pretty pass from Tyler Ennis, and uh, Eric Stahl just simply finished it. That was awesome. Uh, Eric Stahl did the uh, deflection from Jared Spurgeon's shot early on, 
Of course, Ennis made a very nifty move over to Spurgeon. Uh, made a, yep, he made a nifty move, and then Spurgeon put the puck on net, and Stahl was able to deflect. That was very pretty stuff. And then, of course, the t- just the nice heads-up play by Tyler Ennis. Just last second, just kind of letting go of the puck, and then letting Eric Stahl just do a wrister, just let go on the wrister. His 17th goal of the season, Eric Stahl, has been outstanding for the Wild throughout the course of the season. He's just got this quiet demeanor to him, but he's just a star, isn't he? He's still got that star star ability to Eric Stahl. Whatever was lost in New York in his final year in Carolina, well, he's got it back again, and it's wonderful. Uh, New York Rangers, of course, when he was there. Uh, James Reimer was banged up a bit in the game. He went out for a couple seconds, and Harry Soteri... That's one of the coolest names in the NHL. Was able to get his first NHL game out there at age 28. So good for him. James Reimer, not real not real sharp most of the game, but he, again, he was getting dominated throughout the night, to be fair. <laughs> in that sense, uh, it's nice to see Tyler Ennis continuing to climb up in the points. He's got 12 now, two assists in this game. Cool. Uh, good for Tyler Ennis. Six goals, six assists. He's doubling. He's basically even in those two categories, of course. And Jason Zucker finally getting something going. Only got one assist, but hey, we'll take it. The guy is the guy scores once in a blue moon now after he was red hot, and you just kind of knew that was going to happen. Unfortunately, <sighs> the season series is over. The Minnesota Wild split with Florida, and they look like the better team in this one. That's for sure. Florida certainly looked like the better one just about two weeks ago. There, uh, the penalty situation very quiet. The Wild only on the power play once throughout the night. Florida on the power play only twice, and that's good. So guys weren't rotting in the box all night. Thank you. And that's kind of a weird term. I apologize if that sounded strange. But um, the Wild, the second period was very, very dominant for the Wild. 19-2 to two shots on net. Insane. The Wild dominated the puck throughout the second period. Florida trying to generate something. They were able to get that nice tic-tac-toe goal early in the third, but nothing going after that. So, all right, we'll take it. <laughs> now we jump in to the 6-2 win over the Buffalo Sabres. Of course, I rudely didn't mention, I don't think I mentioned, it was Tuesday the 2nd of January. Happy New Year to those of you that, uh, well, obviously to all of you that did celebrate it one way or another, either if it's just sitting on the couch relaxing or, I don't know, going out, <laughs> whatever it was. So, Happy New Year there. Thursday the 4th of January, Minnesota 6-2 over the Buffalo Sabres. Tyler Ennis, Marcus Foligno, again, just doing what they do, doing a good job. Uh, Tyler Ennis has been on the top line with Eric Stahl. Very cool. Not as much in the scoring in this one, but he was, again, active. And he was creating chances, and he was he was, he was involved, and that was nice. Uh, Charlie Coyle did add a goal in this game. He did get his fourth goal. Thank God for that, right? We're always happy when Charlie Coyle can do something in the scoring. And he certainly has been active the past few weeks. You've noticed definitely a difference since he came back from the injury. He's been a different player, and like I've said before, giving up the juicy rebounds that have racked up his assists, but at least this past week he added a couple goals, him being Charlie Coyle. But the star of this game was Nino Niederreiter because he just came back, and it was literally one minute into the game he was able to finish off of a nice feed from Granlin from behind the net. Amazing. Uh, Koivu adding an assist on that one. That's been the second line of late. Second, first, whatever you want to call it. Mikhail Granlin, Koivu, Niederreiter. Then you got Stahl, Parisi, and Ennis. Kind of cool there. Or Zucker. It kind of depends. Oh, no, no. Stahl, Stahl, Parisi. Yeah, it's been Stahl, Parisi, Zucker, Stahl, Parisi, Ennis. It's been all over the place. It gets complicated. Um, actually, Stahl, Zucker, and Ennis. Excuse me. That's kind of been the top. Parisi's mostly been with Coyle. And Erickson Ack, that's been kind of a fun little line. And then, of course, the fourth line of late has been Colin Winnick and Felino. Those have been the consistent lines. And, of course, you get the interchangeables on the defensive pairings. You have uh, Mr. Uh, Mike Riley or Gustav Olofsson on the third pairing uh, at, at the left side. And everyone else pretty much has been mainstays. We all know who they are. Uh, Spurgeon and Suter have been back together most of the time. But on occasion, you get Dumba and Suter together, particularly on the power play. So let's talk about Nino Niederreiter again. Just an awesome night. Again, a good pass from Granlin from behind the net. He's been great at those. Uh, him and Zucker have been great at that pretty much over the course of forever. Uh, Daniel Winnick, though, with a spectacular play, literally a minute later, just went through two guys, passed through another one, just showed an incredible speed. He saw a little opening, just bursted towards the net, and then rifled a shot about 20 feet, 18 feet away, uh, rifled a wrister for his fourth goal of the year. And Daniel Winnick again. I mean, when he, I mean, there there are signs the guy flashes when it's like 
this guy can really play. Uh, everyone was just basically on, on Buffalo was just kind of sleeping on the play, thinking, oh, it's just Daniel Winnick, big deal, who cares? And they just kind of let it go. And he took off, and he took advantage of it, and Felino also adding an assist on the play. That was nice, believe it or not. Kind of funny how he was able to get an assist because it looked like it was pretty much win it coast to coast. Prosser even adding his third assist on the season, his fourth point of the year. So good for Nate Prosser. He's only been here about three weeks or so, maybe maybe a month already, I guess. But still, hey, wonderful addition he's been. Nilo Nilo Ryder. After that, so no natural hat trick as Daniel Winnick was just so rude he had to interrupt it. But that's okay. Twelfth goal of the season. Nilo Nilo Ryder on the power play. Coyle, again, see, there it is, cutting the puck on net after Spurgeon's shot, tipping it, but then Needle Needlerider ultimately picked up the garbage, as they'd say, as you get the deflection and finish it, his second goal of the game. And then and then Needle Needlerider from Grandland, able to squeak it past, a beautiful play. I thought it was Jason Zucker, but ultimately he didn't, actually it was, it was Jason Zucker. I don't know what they're saying here, but uh, Jason Zucker made a nice little backhand pass. It was a spectacular play, to be quite honest. And we really appreciated what we saw there. I sure hope they gave Zucker the credit for that assist. He deserved it. It was an awesome play. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're showing Grandland. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a wonderful backhand pass. Uh, Zucker finally factoring in something. Obviously, he scores goals once in a blue moon lately and then adds assists once in a blue moon. And he better get that. Better get credit for one that he very much deserved. Uh, Nino Niederreiter getting the hat trick. 4 nothing Minnesota at that point. The hats come down on the ice. It was wonderful. Uh, there were some knit caps because obviously it's freezing cold, but why would you throw your winter hat on the ice? And then, yeah, now what do you do? So, because it's not like they just come and say, oh, here you go, here's your here's your hat. No, because there's no way in hell they'd ever find you. So, yeah, that. Uh, or somebody would come and steal it, you know, say that is theirs. So, obviously, it just goes to charities after that, unfortunately. So, once you throw your hat on the ice, it's adios amigo, forever and ever amen. <laughs> which is quite a bummer, actually. But, well, it's understandable at the same time. Maybe some people need them, too, of course. Duh. Uh, Koivu. Man, this was a good play. Granlin kind of working the puck up from Brodeen. And then Koivu, again, uh, a, a rifle shot, ultimately, from a Granlin pass. Granlin racking up a couple assists in this game. Koivu. I mean, Koivu and Coyle getting two, getting a goal in this game. Each of them very, very overdue for scoring at some point. Obviously, they had scored recently, semi-recently. But still, their goal total so low on the season. Koivu's sixth of the season. Uh, Coyle would finish off a nice little feed from Parisi from behind the net. Also, that was very helpful. Parisi's first point since returning to the ice. Only his second game of the season. He's got his first assist. Yul Eriksson Ek also getting credited for one of them. But Coyle able to finish, making it 6 nothing. And at the end of the second period there, literally in the last minute. And that was the end of Reiner. Boy, that poor guy. Oh, I mean, I... <laughs> Leonard, uh, Leonard, sorry, Leonard. I'm getting a mixed up with uh, Florida already. Leonard, obviously not a good night either. Reiner, Reimer or Leonard did not have a good night. Chad Johnson was able to stop everything that came his way in the third period. There were some really good attempts, <laughs> some really good scoring chances, including Tyler Ennis once again, who it's almost like he's on the verge of exploding. Like he's going to be the next guy to get a hat trick, I have a feeling. Something. He, he's going to have a multi-goal game, I think, coming up, and it won't be just bouncing off his skate like earlier in the season. Chad Johnson was good in relief. Nice for him because he struggled a bit. Leonard, boy, not good in this game, but hey, we'll take it. We'll take it in a big way. I mean, it could have been worse. Obviously, the Wilds' scoring was good as well. I mean, there were some good plays, some good goals, so it's not necessarily all Leonard's fault. A lot of the defense in front of him, not so great either, and the Wild in general, just playing at a very, very high level and very much appreciated. At the end of the day, both teams would get three power play opportunities and the Wild would cash in on one of them. Of course, that was Nino Niederreiter's second goal, ultimately. There, again, picking up the rebound, Nino Niederreiter's case there. So he goes from 10 to 13 goals in his return. Welcome back, Nino Niederreiter. <laughs> very much welcome back, and all of us very happy to have him. And yeah, um, another scorer returning to the roster. And the lineup is full. Zach Mitchell has been sent down to the AHL, to the Iowa Wild. He's back in the AHL again. My only fear is as good as Don, uh, Don Lucia, as Mario Lucia has been the past couple weeks here. It's sad to see because you're, you're the, the fear is that Zach Mitchell might push him out of his, out of his line. And you hope he doesn't uh, because I, I say keep Lucia where he is so he can continue his scoring. Did he continue it last night? Did he continue his little point streak that he'd been starting? Well, we'll find out in segment number two. But first we got to pass out the awards for this episode. It's, it's tough in a sense because you had multi-goal games for Colin, 
Stahl, and of course Nino Niederreiter. And then there was a guy who was consistent the whole time, and he was factoring the scoring, and he actually led the team in overall score, scoring the past week with four points, and that's Jared Spurgeon. Uh, Jared Spurgeon is going to get the Mike Madonna Award for this episode. He was extremely consistent, and I think, you know, Mikhail Granlin, actually, I'm going to have them share it. And I was actually thinking about that even last night. Uh, Mikhail Granlin and Jared Spurgeon will share the Mike Madonna Award for this show of course, he was consistent most of the time, and he was solid. He had some quiet moments. Obviously, that that uh, Nashville game, nobody was able to factor in the scoring. But, of course, there were scoring chances throughout the night. Spurgeon and his guys like that were, were active. Obviously, Mikhail Granlin, multiple opportunities in that game. Coyle uh, had a nice week and has had a nice couple weeks. Even Koivu actually stepped up a bit here of late, and we've appreciated it in a big way. Koivu with multi-points in this one, three points in the night. Two assists and a goal, of course, with that nice rival shot from Granlin. Granlin definitely very consistent. He had three assists against the Buffalo Sabres. Just overall active during the course of the week. Jared Spurgeon, though, will get the award for the Mike Madonna for the Mike Madonna for this show. The James Shepard Memorial. Who do I give it to now? Uh I eh, you know, I mean, I, I'm not really mad at anybody over the course of this last week. Felino factored in the scoring. Colin had a multi-goal game. I, I don't know. Uh, Zucker, I guess. Zucker's just been he's just been off. He's been off. He hasn't really factored in the scoring. He had that nice pass from um, the nice pass over to Nino Niederreiter, which led to the hat trick. We appreciate that one. That was huge, obviously. Uh, actually, yeah, it was a big key, and it really helped. But at the end of the day... I don't think he avoids it because he's been inactive most most of the time. Has been kind of out of position. Doesn't look like the same guy of late. So, unfortunately for this episode, Jason Zucker is going to get the James Shepard Memorial. But a soft one. It's not like he was terrible. He's just, again, not been as active. Not been as factoring in the scoring, which is what he's known for. Um, he's not known for playing in the neutral zone necessarily. He's not somebody you necessarily want there. He's not known for his defense. This or that, so score, damn it. And that's not been happening of late for Jason Zucker, unfortunately. So he will be the recipient of the James Shepard Memorial. Um, not been mad at Gustav Olofsson. I've seen a little more energy out of the guy of late, and it's encouraging. You're seeing more, he's more crisp with his passes, more crisp shots on net. So definitely appreciate what Gustav Olofsson has brought the last week, and that's very, very encouraging. He's starting to earn some of these minutes now, and he actually was able to get into the game for 16 minutes, time on ice. It was the least of the defensive, but still, that's not bad. Sometimes you get certain defensive with only a couple, though, with only like 11 minutes or so. So Gustav Olofsson definitely earning it over the course of this game, and it does help when you're playing with a large lead pretty much from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> so that should pretty much wrap things up there. Uh, Suter, only 21 minutes. That's a good thing, obviously. You, it's nice to see Suter's minutes drop a bit, and he could get some rest. So, very cool. With that, we'll wrap up segment number one, head into segment number two, preview three games, and look into the prospects once again. What's going on with Mario Lucia and, of course, Kirill Kaprizov. More updates coming from Michael Russo and Chuck Fletcher with Kirill Kaprizov and Andrei Svetlakov over there in Russia. We'll be back right after this. the wild segment number two got three games to preview all pretty significant division or at least interconference games we'll say pivotal it's going to be pivotal for a while here the the next uh eastern conference game is tampa bay all the way on on january 20th after a five-day layoff that's going to be crazy only two games to preview next week so it's going to be dry a bit during this uh the winter olympics i suppose going to get crazy. Um, I'm not even sure what this is all about. I guess it's some kind of a buy or something because no NHL players even go into the Olympics. Uh, but want to congratulate Jonathan Blum, the former Minnesota Wild defenseman, Iowa Wild, Houston Arrows, all that. Jonathan Blum has been, uh, been a piece of things fairly recently in the minor league system for the Minnesota Wild. Played some spot duty with the Minnesota Wild. He is going to the Olympic club. Ryan Malone, I guess he's not going to the Olympic team going off there. Uh, lots of minor leaguers and young college type of players off to the Olympics coming up here right after the Super Bowl. So let's get rolling. Colorado Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche, Saturday the 6th, that's tonight, in 
the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. Oh, goody, Colorado Avalanche, one of our hated rivals, of course. They're actually ahead of the Blackhawks right now. This has got to be as good a division as there is in the NHL. The Blackhawks are in last place. That's right, the Chicago Blackhawks are in last place. Ain't that the darndest thing you ever saw? Uh, things kind of were that way for a while there, too. Remember back in the day, that's when the that's when the Blackhawks got uh, uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves years ago. So, and so they got such elite high draft picks, and that's one of the reasons why the Wild don't have elite stars is because of the same reason the Wild were never in way down in the bottom there. We'd always wind up with like the 6th or 7th pick or 10th pick or this and that whenever we'd miss the playoffs. So just kind of mediocre, mediocrely bad, not bad, bad. Uh, Colorado's kind of in the mediocrely bad range, and we're kind of there right now is the Black the uh, Blackhawks. The Blackhawks, yeah, and the Colorado Avalanche both breathing down the Wilds' necks right now. Uh, Minnesota with 47 points, and Colorado and Chicago have a game in hand, so that we can't use that excuse anymore. Colorado only two points behind. Chicago three points behind. The Blackhawks are four games above 500 and in last place. Colorado is five games above 500. Minnesota six games above 500. So, Interesting. Uh, pretty good division here in the Central. Winnipeg is leading the way only one point over St. Louis, and the National Predators bring in the fifth, or excuse me, the third leading uh, division leading position. 52 points. Dallas Stars have the top wild card at 49. So things very tight here. Minnesota only eight points out of first. So pretty interesting competitive Central division right now, and that's nice. It's good, but it's also difficult. Um, it's entertaining, again, but it's frustrating at the same time because Shoot, no matter where you are, somebody could come and catch you. But the good news is, no matter where you are, you can catch somebody. So there's a bit of positive-negative through it all. Let's get rolling. Colorado Avalanche, we know them very, very well. Obviously, they've been rivals of ours forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. All the way back to the Northwest Division days, which weren't that long ago, but all the way back to the beginning of the franchise as well. Colorado Avalanche, mm, they're sixth in the NHL in goals because of a guy by the name of Nathan McKinnon who's one of the top scorers in the league. Uh, his secondary guy, Miko Ratanen, has emerged this past season here. He's become quite the player. He's a lot like what the we, we wished uh, Nino Niederreiter could become because he's kind of a multifaceted right-wing, left-wing type of guy like Nino Niederreiter. Obviously not a center, but we wish he could become this kind of guy, score the goals, and then rack up the assists as well, which is what Miko Ratanen has been doing. 38 points on the season, but McKinnon 49 in 40 games. Ratanen 38 in 40 games. He's on pace for upper 70s. McKinnon could get to 100 points this year. Very, very possible. So, incredible uh, <laughs> ability there. Gabriel Landeskog, the crazy, out-of-control captain of the the uh, Colorado Avalanche. 31 points on the season. He's, he's missed a couple games, but still had a very strong rebound of a season. Another very important guy, Tyson Berry, uh, at 27 points in only 34 games. But, unfortunately, he is out with a broken... Uh, ankle if I remember correctly so unfortunately with him he's going to be missing a lot of time he's one of those guys you pick up in your fantasy league and you're like oh my god this guy is really a rising star so Colorado's going to be hanging around for a long time if McKinnon is uh, McKinnon's finally becoming what a lot of people believed he would be when he was taken number one overall in the draft in 2012 so boy I mean and Miko Ratnan much more recently he's becoming something there uh, watch out for the Colorado Avalanche they've got some pieces at least three of them uh, Landis Gog is kind of like their Koivu you could say he's like Koivu with a bad attitude and then Barry boy he's got he's got a future in this league he's got a little Ryan Studer in him I suppose you could say that um, 27 points 23 of them assists as he's been a power play quarterback and such Eric Johnson now a Wiley veteran number one overall pick by St. Louis years ago when the Blues actually sucked for a short time He's at 16 points. He's long been hated by Minnesota fans because the way he left the Gophers and, of course, the way he's acted ever since pretty much towards the Minnesota Wild, particularly on the Colorado Avalanche, um, going back into the playoff series in 2014 when Neil Niederreiter was the hero and wiped out the Blackhawks. Entertaining team in, in that sense. Of course, uh, Varlamov still the main goalie there. Jonathan Benoit has been okay during the course of the season. Neither one of them is having great years in the net, per se, it's more of score goals and hope you don't get outscored. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche recently lost to the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. And then they beat Toronto 4-3. to Crushed the Islanders 6-1. to They beat Winnipeg and Columbus. Damn. Home games, though. Every one of them was a home game, and the Minnesota Wild are wrapping up this home, stra home sta uh, stand. Pardon me. Then Colorado heads to Dallas after a long bye. They're a week-long time off, and then they stay home again for three more. So... 
not really going to go deep into the Colorado Avalanche schedule, but it's it's significant if the Minnesota Wild hope to make the postseason, and I would believe that we would like to do that. Last time these teams played, it was a shootout in Minnesota 1, like they always do all of a sudden. They win extra periods, they win shootouts, and that's it so far. The Wild lead the season series, best out of four at this stage, uh, one to nothing. And of course, there's tonight, the 6th of, of January, then you go all the way up to March 2nd, and March 13th, where they wrap up the series the night of this game and the next one in Colorado when we wrap it up in Minneapolis, or excuse me, St. Paul, on the 13th of March, much later. Uh, both teams have been playing very well, and we're breathing down the necks of teams like St. Louis, teams like Nashville. It was helpful when the Wild beat Nashville, but then you give the points right back to the Predators. That was disappointing, but it is what it is. Dallas Stars still hanging on to a small lead, but they've been playing well also. This whole damn division is playing well, and that's the frustration. These are the kind of games that are, you know, if they're not must-win, they're, they're must-win. They're please-win, you know, please-win the game. i got to think it's Dubnik versus Varlamov in this one. Uh, Dubnik, obviously, well, he, he's been great. He's been outstanding. Uh, Stalock, obviously, has been good as well. I can't get mad at him, but Dubnik has been outstanding the past couple of weeks. Uh, Colorado and Calgary, kind of similar here in a sense of they're, they're top-heavy, but then things drop off a bit, and that's why Colorado isn't an elite team, but they have elite talent at the top, Ratnan, uh, McKinnon. And then, um, unfortunately for the Colorado Avalanche, Tyson Berry being out, that's uh, that's bad news. Um I got a bad feeling about this game, though. I don't like the Wild in Colorado. It doesn't always work out. Obviously, the Wild have won in Colorado in Game 7s of the playoffs twice, which is pretty insane. Wonderful uh, playoff success, even though you barely beat the Colorado Avalanche in both series. You did beat them, and that's what matters. Uh, and a lot of those guys are still there. Obviously, Soderberg and Varlamov was even the goalie in that series. They're, they were all young up-and-comers. McKinnon was looked on as the next Gretzky at the time, and it's like, yeah, okay. Well, he's looking closer to that. He's not there, but he's getting closer. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's looking like one of the rising stars in the NHL, which he was supposed to be four, four, three, four years ago in that playoff series. Minnesota, boy, can can we win this game? Yes, will we? Oh, boy. Mm. The way the Wild are playing right now, I love our chances. Uh, the Wild need to go 3-0 and this week, frankly. You want to believe they can, but and that would be a five-game win streak. And if it's if there's a time for the Wild to get hot, and I mean really hot, this is the time to do it because you're playing Colorado, Calgary, and Chicago. Ah, oh, man. Huh. Okay, I'm gonna in good faith to step out in good faith. I'm gonna pick a win over Colorado. The Chicago one's kind of gnawing me in the year right now. Like, uh -huh, if Wild are gonna lose one, it's probably that one because it's and it's in Chicago. That's like the kiss of death every bleeping Mickey bleeping time. So, yes, uh, Minnesota is going to squeak out one again. Will it go to extra periods? Very possible. I'm going to pick something of the likes of possibly an empty net, 4-2 to two type of thing. Maybe uh, Granlin or Coyle add another empty netter, or Jason Zucker adds an empty netter. Something like that. Most likely guy to score against Colorado. I always say Nito Niederreiter because of what he had, that success, but it seems like he doesn't score against them much, against them much and he got his hat trick already last game. So... Who do we go with in this one? Something of the likes of, uh, yeah, Cal Calgary, I already know who I'm picking for that one. And, uh, yeah, for this game, who's been knocking on the door other than the two guys I've been talking about uh, in the previous segment? Uh, let's go with Zucker. I, I guess I'm going to have Zucker score against Colorado. Let's, let's end that uh, drought he's been on a bit. You know, it hasn't been like a huge drought, but it's been a drought. It's it's there, and it's noticeable, and it's frustrating. It's a goal every now and then. But Zucker will score a goal against Colorado, and Minnesota wins the game 3-2, to 4-2, to two, empty net, or extra period, whatever it is that comes to, or even the shootout. But Minnesota's actually going to take a 2 nothing lead over the Lanch. Now let's head over to the Calgary Flames here. As Yep, that's always an exciting matchup. It's fun to watch these teams. Obviously, oozing with talent at the top end. As now it's Tuesday, December the 9th. Colorado and Calgary both oozing with talent at the top. And then there's the drop-off. Uh, Calgary Flames came in with massive expectations because they have a ton of up-and-comers on this roster. They're the Calgary Flames. you got Sam Bennett. you got guys like, you know... Obviously, Goudreau has become a star. He's, he really has. Shane Monahan as well. Matthew Tuchuk, that's another one, of course. Again, just like Keith Tuchuk years ago, but better, hopefully, for uh, the Flames' sake. You got veterans like Giordano, Giordano of course. Uh, he was started off very quietly this season, and he's really picked it up. He's now at 18 points in the 40 games the Flames have played. He's stayed healthy. He's a 
been a valuable veteran for many years. You got guys like Brody, Sam Bennett, of course. Again, he's an up and comer, but he's not been scoring. He's only got five goals on the season, not so many assists. Uh, the Flames recently had a three-game losing streak. Now they're on a little two-game winning streak, so good for them in that sense. Fireside Chat a little happier about those games, beating the Blackhawks and the Kings 4-3. to three. Wow, potentially great goalies in Crawford and, and uh, Jonathan Quick there. The uh, Flames recently lost to Montreal, San Jose, and Anaheim. Ouch. As the Flames had a bit of a buy there. Six-day six buy between Montreal and San Jose. And something changed. After the Anaheim game, the Flames only scored two goals. They scored or one goal in that one. Only two goals against the Sharks and two against Montreal. Yes, you got uh, you got Jones there in San Jose. He's a good goalie. Obviously, Carey Price in Montreal. Okay, but still, I mean, still, those teams have been struggling. Um, so, kind of hard to say what's going on there. Yarmer Yager, this is probably it. I got to think. Uh, he's just about wrapped up. Only seven points, only one goal so far. With the Calgary Flames, he's been playing a bottom six role when he's even active. It's not been real good, uh, unfortunately, for Yarmer Yager. This has got to be it. I think this is his final stop in the NHL. Just my opinion. Um, Johnny Goodrow, Shane Monahan definitely been leading the way. They're the guys, the spark plugs that lead the way for this team. Goodrow's on pace for 90-ish points, 45 on the season, 36 for Monahan, who is actually leading the team in goals. Uh, Furland's got 16, but he doesn't really set anybody up. He's the Jason Zucker of that roster, or even Nito Niederreiter, who usually racks up goals more than assists. You add, you add some more assists and stuff, more playmaking, and then you got yourself a hell of a player. That would be nice, but it doesn't always work that way. Uh, Mark Jankowski called up earlier in the season. He was solid starting off, and he's quieted significantly of late. So Calgary, obviously a team to keep up with. It's fun. I like to keep up with them. They're my second favorite team in the NHL, if that's okay to do. Uh, Mike Smith, obviously, has been solid in that. Two shutouts on the year. Nothing spectacular, but solid. David Riddich called up from the Stockton Heat. He's been pretty good in the, in the limited time he's seen in the net. Only two goals against in the three in the four starts, and he's three and one. So, David Riddick, a guy I don't know, ride it out a little bit if I'm Calgary. He's been solid. Uh, Eddie Lack was terrible in the time he was up up with uh, Calgary Flames, and John Gillies, also one of the top prospects for the Flames, doesn't look ready for the big time as of yet. Unfortunately, I think Minnesota wins the game three to two, something along the likes like that. Uh, I will it take a shootout like last time. I don't know, but I think the Wild will sweep the season series with the Flames. A 4-2 victory over Calgary back on the 21st of October. That was fun. Very close, low-scoring December 12th game where the Wild won in the shootout. And then uh, now here in Excel Energy Center, I do think the Wild sweep the season series over the Calgary Flames. And I apologize to the Fireside Chat if they're listening. I, I doubt they are, but maybe, just in case, because I have shouted out to them before and told them on, on Twitter and such. Uh... I think the Wild do win this game. I think two guys from the Alberta area who've been knocking on the door for a while. That's, of course, Tyler Ennis and Jared Spurgeon. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them factor in the scoring year. And they often play together, and why not? They know each other very well, and they play well together. Tyler Ennis and Spurgeon have flashed on occasion out there, and I don't mean anything bad. I mean in a good way. Some nice plays that almost almost resulted in a, in, a, in a great goal, but we'll see. I think Tyler Ennis will score against the Calgary Flames. I do, and I don't be surprised to see Spurgeon either get an assist on the play or score his own goal along the way. Um, but I do think Spurgeon and Ennis will factor in the scoring. They've been knocking on the door for a long time, and Spurgeon has been just unbelievable since he came, uh, since well, since about a week after he came back from the injury. The first week or so, he was pretty shaky, but ever since then, he has really looking like the star defenseman he truly is in this league. Uh, Calgary's also knocking on the door. 44 points on the season. So they're there. They're knocking. They're knocking on that playoff door. They're coming. So even though they struggled of late, they at least they got two wins in a row most recently over the Sharks and the Kings. Very crucial. Uh, no, they not the Kings. They... Uh, the Blackhawks at the Kings, sorry. Two teams that you got to beat in order to get there. But I think Minnesota, yep, you got to beat Calgary or Calgary's got to beat Minnesota. Very important matchup here. And I think Minnesota will sweep the season series, drawing the ire of the Fireside Chat and other Calgary Flames out there. <laughs> I'd love to go to Flames games and such. So there it is. Uh, now we wrap things up with the Chicago Blackhawks. NBC Sports Network, the curse. The curse of NBC Sports on in Chicago. Minnesota in Chicago on national television. It's a very entertaining matchup all the time, but unfortunately I think it's more entertaining for Blackhawk fans than for Wild fans, especially when it's in Chicago, because things never go well there. Just never. You are your most likely guy to score in the game is Patrick Kane. Okay, 
how, how about that? Because Patrick Kane scores more goals against the Wild than the Wild score against the, the Buffalo Sabres, it seems like. It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. And we're talking about one individual guy. It's an NBC Sports game. It'd be nice to see the Wild come out and crush the Blackhawks in their home ice 5-1. to one. You know, the Wild did that in that, 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 that outdoor game. That was cool, and those jerseys were awesome. Uh, it was kind of a hint of what this one was going to bring. Yeah, it's, a, it's some similarities. Not a whole lot, but love those jerseys. Um, but this one, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't, it's a bad... It's always like this. Same old bullcrap. Things look sharp early. Oh, you know, Devin Dubnik stopping some nice shots. And you know what? I put Alex Stalock in there. Put Alex Stalock against the Blackhawks. Please. Please. Yes, and because it is a back-to-back situation. Put Dubnik against the Flames. Put Stalock against the Blackhawks. Because Dubnik, Dubnik against the Blackhawks has not been good. It's not. Um, I've not been happy with Devin Dubnik against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, at, at all. Uh, Vegas Knights recently beat the Blackhawks. I like that. Go Knights. Go Vegas Golden Knights. Not only are they going to make the playoffs, they, are, they, they might make a playoff run, honest to God. Uh, Blackhawks will be playing Edmonton next, Ottawa, and then Minnesota. The good news is both teams are on a back-to-back. So the bad news is we are, but yes, both teams are on a back-to-back. So maybe, just maybe, you'll see, nah, it's going to be Crawford against the Wild. I don't think they're going to put uh, Forsberg in there against Ottawa. I, I, you know, I think the Blackhawks will take their chances with Forsberg and net against Ottawa the night before because the, the Senators have been terrible. Uh, Patrick Kane leading the team in scoring goals and assists. 40 overall points. He's on pace for 82. So, good, but not spectacular like a couple of years ago. Jonathan Taves, well, he's not up to the slow start he was last year. He's more solid this time around. Alex Debrincat, the guy, oh boy, <laughs> one of those up-and-comers most recently who played with uh, Ivan Lodnia just last year. Can you believe that? As I was digging around with the Erie Otters, Alex Debrincat was on the uh, on the uh, Erie Otters last year and he had like 120 points in the OHL. So Blackhawks have another up-and-coming star here because he's already got 26 points. He's just a youngster, very young guy. 26 points already for Debrincat. Ah, oh, damn it. Ivan Ladny has already been signed to a three-year contract. There is a link to that. Uh, and I don't mean link as in clicking on the website. There's a tentacle to that leading to the major super prospect in the wild system out there overseas. We'll get back to that in a second. But uh, the task at hand, Schmaltz's Alt, which I love. That's really good. That's a really good beer from Shells, by the way. Uh, <laughs> this, this time of year. Nick Schmaltz, Schmaltz's Alt is what I call him. 27 points on the season. He's been very solid for the Blackhawks, and he's scored against the Wild about a million times. Uh, Duncan Keith has 20 assists, zero goals on the year. He just he just kind of keeps that trickle going, this constant little trickle of assists after a very, very slow start to the season. Duncan Keith keeps slowly climbing and catching up. He's now past Ryan Hartman, who was on fire earlier in the year, and he's he was very quiet ever since. And then, of course, he magically scored and got things rolling for the Blackhawks last time around. I'm not confident in this game at all. It's going to be Crawford, Anton Forsberg. They'll have him in net, or Jeff Glass. No, it'll be probably Anton Forsberg in net, though, against the Ottawa Senators the night before. Minnesota's going to get the short straw. We're going to get Corey Crawford, especially when it's on national television. And the Blackhawks are going to beat the Wild. Yay! I'm so excited to say that. I'm so happy I can say the Blackhawks are going to beat the Wild. Doesn't that just feel great? No, it really sucks, actually. I'm so sick of it, but, you know, prove it. Prove it, guys. Put Alex Daylock in that against the Blackhawks and see what happens. Because we know what happens with Doomnick against the Blackhawks. It doesn't go well. It just does not. And I'm tired of watching it, quite frankly. I'm tired of getting swept by the Blackhawks in the playoffs. I'm tired of getting crushed at big moments when it's time for the Wild to pass Chicago. Finally, time to make that statement, and here we go. And then they slaughter us. They're up 4 nothing before the, before the game started, hardly. It's going to be something of the likes of... 4-2, same bullcrap. Crawford will never score against the son of a biscuit. And yes, we beat again, We beat them this year earlier. There was that non-offsides uh, uh, call on Jason Zucker when Zucker was on fire at the time. This is time for Jason Zucker to step up. It's like I almost ought to say, this is a Jason Zucker kind of game. You know, forget Koivu, forget guys like that. I mean, Koivu scored against the Blackhawks? Whatever, man. We've seen, we've been there and done that about Koivu versus the Blackhawks. I'm worried about, let's see Jason Zucker do something against the Blackhawks. He did it earlier this year. I, I want to change something with Colorado. The Colorado game, the more likely guy to score in that game. Let's go with Dumba. But with the Blackhawks, I'm going to go with Zucker. Zucker, if the Wild win the game, it's going to be Zucker's going to have a multi-point type of game, multi-goal type of game. Somebody's going to have to really step up and be huge 
for the Wild. And of course, Alex Daylock be, be just sparkling in that stop. 38 shots, whatever, from this Blackhawks uh, firing squad that hates us so much. God, they hate us. Uh, obviously, you got Evil Otto, Brandon Saad over there as well. Um, but uh, right now, I'm going to pick the Blackhawks to win 4-2. to two. Most likely going to score one way or another for the Wild is Jason Zucker. And it's going to take a multi-goal type of game from somebody like Zucker, somebody like Stahl, Maybe even a strange, crazy thing like Colin again, which would be shocking. Would love to see Niederreiter get another hat trick, but he only does that against Buffalo. He's done it twice against the Sabres, and that's it. So, kind of funny. Two career hat tricks, and they've both been against Buffalo. <laughs> Time for somebody to get a hat trick against the Blackhawks, and then really show them who's boss once and for all. But, unfortunately, I'm not counting on that happening. 4-2 to two, Chicago. They own us. They've been owning us for a long time. We'll only muster two goals. We'll, we'll get like 45 shots on that, but Crawford will look like Ken Dryden in his prime or, or whoever else. Grant Fuhrer or, or Patrick Waugh with Montreal, not with the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, as great as he was with Colorado, he was even better with Montreal. Uh, so... That just kind of is what it is. Sorry for snapping my lips so much. But Minnesota will be 2-1 and one again. We'll climb a bit, but we won't get we won't beat the Blackhawks, unfortunately. That's the frustrating part. I'm going to have to say at this stage. So let's bounce around. Let's look into the prospects a little bit really quickly. As now it's time to be digging into the prospects and such as we'd like to do that. The Iowa Wild, they've, had, you know, they, they've been losing a bit more again, and that's unfortunate. It's kind of heartbreaking, to be quite honest. But, I don't know. I mean, once they start to get a little better, they start losing again. Sam Anas was on an incredible uh, scoring streak, and now that's disappeared. Uh, Mario Lucia had been on a bit of a run, and that quieted down, unfortunately. There was someone else I wanted to look at. Was it? Yeah, Mario Lucia. There was another one I'm going to get back to in a minute, I believe. I had something, but uh, I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, Luke Cunning added another goal this week. Lucia is now at 12 points on the season. He had two goals the other night, but now he's yep. He's but the last night he did not score. Uh, he's had three goals recently, though. 12 points on the season, six of them goals. So good for him. Luke Cunning added his seventh goal last night in defeat, unfortunately, for the Iowa Wild, and they're unable to get anything going there. Uh, Ryan Murphy's been picking up more points. He's now at 15 on the season. Good for him. Uh, such Justin Kloos was on a massive run. We talked about him last week. And again, a, a lot of those top guys, not so much this past week. Not so much in the scoring. Of course, Zach Parisi did score a goal in his only game, which is pretty funny. Uh, I love that. I'm very happy for him. Now I remember who I was going to talk about. It was going to be about uh, Pavel Jennings. We're going to talk about him here in a minute as we look at the... Uh, the uh, uh, Rapid City Rush, pretty quiet week, really. Again, as as you know, you got this time it's the New Year's holiday, and you get a lot of time off for these teams. And for some reason, Iowa specifically had a very quiet schedule this week, which is kind of sad, kind of frustrating. You you were hoping to see more action, but Pavel Jennings has really, really stepped up of late for the Rapid City Rush. Their win loss record has been pretty putrid of late, but at least certain guys, particularly one that's important for the for the for the wild success, at least in the ECHL ranks, Pavel Jennings has majorly stepped up of late, which I've been very happy about. To try to, as when you look at it, he's been he's he scored at least a point in nine out of the last ten games, and he's on a five-game point streak. There was a little interruption on December the twentieth when he didn't score anything, and he was a minus three in that game. But Pavel Jennings, out of Czech Republic, there has really really stepped up nine out of ten. He had a two-goal game very recently and another two-goal game a few weeks ago on the 15th on December. It was the 30th of December, his last two-goal game, and he managed to get another assist, assist just recently after a long hiatus as they had that time off. Pavel Jennings, one of the leading scorers now for the Rapid City Rush after struggling mightily last year. As I keep following him a little bit closer, <laughs> Pavel Bunyad really got me going on this one. And you know, and and I knew who he is and everything. I know he's one of the you know he's one of the lower draft picks a few years back. And I I, I keep up with the guys that are the draft picks because there's still a chance. There's still our poverty and everything. And I don't know, uh, intriguing, intriguing to see Pavel Jennings climb up a, a bit down there after struggling so much last year with the uh, Quad City Mallards. And that's why I followed things here. Ivan Ladnia, Iri Otters. He's just continuing to rack up points. He's now at 44. He had three assists the other night, very recently. Two assists just last night. 44 points on the season. 26 assists for the Iri Otters. He's the right winger there, but he gets a lot of. He makes a lot of plays for others out there as well. 
And he's definitely on pace to go well past his numbers last season when the Erie Otters actually won the championship for the OHL with uh, Medcat of the Blackhawks leading the way there with 120 points. 18 goals so far for Ivan Ladnia. Jacob Golden added a point this week for the London Knights. Good for him. <laughs> I, I know there's somebody in Calgary that's important there as well that uh, I believe plays for the London Knights, but it's, he's way down there. He's a younger guy, obviously, to be in the OHL. Bryce Misley stuck at uh, three points. For Vermont, uh, I might as well talk about it now before I say anything else. Well, real quick, Svetlakov, or Sokolov added a point recently. He was in the juniors, but USA ultimately unable to even get the bronze medal. That's disappointing after getting the gold last year, so kind of sad at the end of the day. Uh, Svetlakov participated for Russia and he he, he he was there, and that's about it, pretty much. He was a factor, but nothing spectacular uh, out there. Didn't really factor a whole lot in that one. Uh, Andrei Svetlikov and Kirill Kaprizov met with Chuck Fletcher this past week, and it was a productive meeting. It was the first time they ever sat down. They obviously had to sit down with a translator for, for a meal together, and it was a productive meeting. Um, apparently, the Ivan Ladnia signing, which was strange. You think, why are we signing... Uh, an 18-year-old already to an entry-level contract in the, who's in the OHL right now, third-round pick. He's showing some promise, this Ladnia, but he's not like, you know, he's not like Medencat who had, you know, was tearing up that league last year and <laughs> helped them to a championship. But there was a reason because there's this new agent that's really been getting a lot of attention, and apparently he's the, he's got the same agent Ladnia does as uh, Kirill Kaprizov. So that was the first thing that got things rolling here, got the wheels turning a little bit. Uh, talks are that... Kirill Kaprizov is stuck still in Russia until 2020. No matter what happens here, they can't buy him out. We're, we're stuck waiting for him. But the good news is he'll still be super young. And it sounds like it was a positive meeting and there's a very good chance that, well, once the contract is up in 2020, they, we will see Kirill Kaprizov after all. And talk is it's not like Kaprizov is going to be going to the Iowa Wild. He's going to be on the NHL roster right away. And at that point, why wouldn't he be? if he's even half as good as they're saying. So obviously Kirill Kaprizov has shown a ton of process over uh, progress over there in the AHL. Uh, Svetlikov is a little bit older, not as productive, but still he's, he's a worthwhile prospect and hopeful that he can really uh, translate into something as well into the NHL. And that's what we're waiting for in a big way. Still not a whole lot of activity last night in the college ranks. A lot of them waited until tonight, which is frustrating, but... Uh, Luis Belpedio added another assist. He, he did play, and the Miami of Ohio Red Knights defeated the University of Denver Pioneers, the defending national champions who were always, like, top five in the whole, in the whole nation. So very impressive. Luis Belpedio and the Miami, Ohio Red Knights beat the Denver Pioneers. Very cool. Very exciting. And Belpedio adding his 11th assist in the season. He's at 18 points. He's the captain. He's a defenseman. And he's one of the top scorers on the team, even though he's a defenseman. Very, very awesome. Luis Belpedio, right shot defenseman. Hmm. So it's kind of eventually, there you go. I mean, eventually, there you go. He can add to that group. You could have Dumba, Spurgeon, and Belpedio. I think he's the one at the end of the day. Out of all the right shot defensemen here and there, because obviously, you know, Sealer. And Susie, who did not add another point this past week, they just continue to be physical, solid defensemen who are getting the job done in Iowa, but not factoring much in the scoring. They are left shots, so Belpedio is not going to be competing with those guys for minutes or for for getting for an NHL roster spot. That's the good news. Uh, Susie right now is a is a zero. He's even in the plus minus. Sealer's only a minus one, so that's not bad considering other guys are minus eleven, minus twelve, and such. Uh, Kyle Rouse even a minus ten. That's crazy. Justin Kloos is a minus 11 with the scoring he's been at. Man, Samanas is a plus one, though. Huge. That's a big deal. It shows how well Samanas is playing down there in Iowa. Even Luke Cunnan's a minus 10. Ah, and that's one, unfortunately, one of the reasons he's stuck down there in Iowa right now because he's not scoring that much. He's okay. He didn't score hardly at all at the NHL level yet. So he's just, he's still developing. He's only 19. I know we want to see him here right here, right now, but. I don't know. He's probably going to be there this year, unfortunately. Uh, like Jankowski with uh, Calgary. It's not like this is the this is a, a prospect like Connor McDavid here. I mean, 
you're going to have to wait. He's a, he's a middle first-round pick. He's not a top first-round pick. So it, it's just kind of is what it is, just like Yul Eriksson Ek. But Eriksson Ek fl- flashed down there in the AHL. He looked unbelievable. And he's showing signs of he's just he's just knocking on the door. He might be another guy that I think he, don't be surprised if he scores his second goal this week. But I'm not going to predict it per se. One of those, one of those, right? Um, Tapo Kalkanen is another guy I'd like to see come to the USA hopefully fairly soon, as he's been pretty damn good over there as well. In uh, Laku Rama, Laku Rama, he's just been putting up spectacular numbers. Uh, goals against average just two. He's 15 and 14, so they're not winning a ton of games yet. Save percentage 92 over there. Fourth round pick in 2014. Tapo Kakanen out of Finland there. Definitely great uh, great goaltending prospect. Hopefully can come to the wild one of these days and become something. That would be nice. At minimum, a nice backup and maybe something well beyond that someday. Uh, only 21 years old out of Helsinki. Go to Helsinki, Finland, right? Okay, sorry. And we've been well acquainted with Finland players for many, 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 many years, including a goaltender for quite a while. So don't be too surprised if Kapo Kalkanen does play for the Wild one day in the net. So I that's pretty much it for the time being. Things a bit quiet this week. Uh, obviously, you got the uh, whole situation with the Olympics and guys like this, AHL, ECHL, going to the Olympics possibly to play for the U.S. So, obviously, their schedule has been slowed down a bit because they don't want to play too many games without the players and such. Just let them play the uh, the uh, Olympics coming up and such. So, we'll just have to wait and see how things develop as the schedule has been quiet. And obviously, of course, it was the New Year's holiday more than anything else. And the juniors, that was the other thing. Obviously, that slowed down the OHL schedule, the World Junior Championships, that unfortunately the U.S. did not fare as well as they did last year. So we'll wrap things up here. I want to encourage you to uh, please follow the Twitter account. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Please do give that a follow if you could. want to really thank uh, NHL Podcasts for retweeting the show. Thank you very much as you've been continuing to do that. Vince Germano also retweets the show very often out of Australia. So I want to thank you guys very much for that. Let's look at the Facebook page. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Do give that a like and join the page and comment with me as well. Would be massively appreciated if humanly possible. Thank you guys that have been sharing the show. I do appreciate it. Please continue to do that if you could. Tell your friends about the show. It only helps only helps bring up the numbers, which have been very good lately, and I really appreciate that. Uh, those of you that have helped uh, tell your friends about this particular uh, Minnesota Wild podcast. Final page to go to is MNW Players, facebook.com forward slash MNW Players, Pavel Bunyat and Merrick Skyba from Czech Republic there. They obviously uh, know about some of the, they obviously know about a lot of these guys. As there's uh, Pavel Genis is an example, Czech Republic, seventh round pick years ago. And he is now, he is now the, uh, well, obviously he's, he's been on a point streak for the Rapid City Rush, seventh round pick in 2014. And, uh, yeah, Pablo Bonnet and I have had discussions about him a little bit. And, of course, Capo Kalkanen and uh, Alexandre Belanger. And uh, those guys keep up with all the prospects in the system, mnwplayers.com. And, of course, Facebook.com forward slash MNW players out there. Quick shout out to Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Got my brother-in-law, Chance Caustic, and of course uh, guys like Jim Maddill, Sarah Maddill, Chad Wolski, and others out there. Great, great, cool guys. David Caustic, also my brother's father-in-law there. As of course, this is all from my, my brother's wife. These are they're, they're, uh, these are her relatives, her father and her brother, Chance Caustic, uh, David Caustic there, the father. Um, so just mentioning that, now, final thing I guess I'll say is please do join the show if you could. There's the phone lines, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Imagine you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Join the conversation with me. Greatly appreciate it, always. And one, uh, there's multiple ways to get on. There's the call now button on the Facebook page, which goes straight through the same phone line through Facebook Messenger. And then you get in for free, regardless where you're from. Czech Republic, Canada, uh, Mexico, Australia, where, where Benny Allen is from. and Or is it Dan Allen? I keep getting that mixed up. I believe it's Dan Allen, but he goes with Benny Allen for fun. It's kind of a bit they started years ago. But uh, there, there are Australian fans in the... You know, there are NHL fans in Australia. So very cool. Thank you, Mr. Allen, out there in Australia. God bless you as he interacts on the show on occasion on Facebook. Thank you again for that. 
Uh, there's also the final route is the audio submission route. Use your smart device. There's free voice recorders on there. Treat it the same way as you treat a phone call. Record it, save it, and send it to me at paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then I'll very quickly convert it into an MP3 file via zamzar.com, and then there it is on the show, on the podcast, slide it right here, in the, and then eventually if there's enough call-ins, I'll create a third segment for fan interaction, but this show doesn't have as much fan interaction yet as the other two shows I do, Timberwolves Explosion and Purple Mafia, so I tend to just kind of do, do a two-segment bit right now. I almost should split it up one of these days, but be, especially because of the, uh, the uh, prospect segment, but um, that kind of is what that is. So we'll just kind of call it a day here, I suppose. There's not a whole lot else I need to talk about at the moment. Just hoping for a two and two and one week at the very least if the Wild can get past Chicago. That would be great. A sweep would be incredible for this week. The odds of that are very unlikely, though, just because Colorado, Calgary, Chicago, things can happen. So two in one week would be wonderful. It would be helpful. Just keep the winning ways coming. Keep scoring. And, boy, it would be nice to see Parisi get a multi-goal game as well. 